Welcome to Nutrition Grad Guide. I'm your host, Shana Sapi, a qualified nutritionist and multi-passionate entrepreneur. I created this podcast to help nutrition grads just like you navigate your way into a career and a life that you love. In each episode, I'm going to bring you interviews with experts in the nutrition and health field, exploring a range of different career pathways. We'll learn about what they do, how they got there, and their advice to help you grow a successful career as a nutritionist or a natural health professional. Thank you for tuning in. Today's guest is Sophie Scott, who is the head trainer of nutrition at FIA Fit Nation. Um, So thank you so much for coming on and joining me today, Sophie. I'm really excited to dive into what your role entails and how you've gone about building the short courses that you've created and everything else that your role involves. Thank you. It's so great to be here. I'm really looking forward to this. Me too. So to start off with, um, let's talk a little bit about how you got interested in the nutrition space to begin with. Sure. Well, I actually started my career as an environmental educator. So I worked in local government. I worked for the Australian Conservation Foundation and I'm so passionate about the environment. It's a little bit crazy. And I ended up finding myself working in Vanuatu of all places. Wow. So I was there for two years. I know, right? <laughs> and I was working with um, Australian Volunteers International, working with a small community group, helping um, them with environmental issues and things like that. And actually, after two years, I kind of got a bit, um, I, I got a bit frustrated, I guess, because I could see, you know, tyres being burnt and, you know, the rubbish wasn't, um, collected I guess like it is here and I thought oh this is so frustrating both there but also back in Sydney working in environmental education I was like no one's listening to me like what am I doing here and so I made this shift actually in Vanuatu to fitness and nutrition and it was actually by full-on accident I was going to the gym there one day mm-hmm. and one of the teachers said all right, everyone, next week, Sophie's taking the class. And I was like, what? I had, what? I had no training in fitness, like nothing. And everything was a bit loose over there. And, um, and he's like, yeah, Sophie's taking it. I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, I'm going fishing. I'm like, all right, okay. So there I, there I was taking a fitness class the next week with no idea. Oh, my gosh, I was so stressed. And so I, I did the fitness class and then I was like, actually, I really like this. So continued teaching there for a while. And then I moved to New Zealand and actually got my qualifications. So I worked there in a gym for many, many years, actually, and a health food store and did you know, lots of different jobs in a, in a pub as well. And that's where I, I found out that I really am interested in health and fitness. And yeah. it was my passion. So I, I slid from the environment into nutrition and now I'm bringing them both together. And my favourite part about working in a gym environment is that people want to be there. Yeah. So they're actually coming because they're interested in the health and fitness. So I didn't have to do a hard sell or anything like that. And, um, yeah, it was definitely an eye-opener. You know, there was jobs that didn't know existed, like, for example, cleaning the treadmills, cleaning the staff toilets, all that kind of stuff. You know, all those jobs that you think you you, you don't know that happened, but that's what you do in a gym. It's not all like, go, 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 everyone, you know, get into fitness. It's, it's a lot of cleaning, basically. Yeah. A lot of Sunday work. <laughs> yeah, the less glamorous. Um, exactly. Yeah. So a lot of fun. And then I got my nutrition qualification and started working out of the gym. 
yeah. doing nutrition consultations with gym members. So that was perfect. I didn't advertise at all. It was, it was pretty much because I was in group fitness. Mm-hmm. I used to get up in front of my class and say, hey, guys, now I'm doing personal training or now I'm doing nutrition consultations. And so it was really easy to get people that way. Oh, fantastic. And although I loved it, yeah, it was, it was great. And I really loved it. I, although after a while I did get um, sick of hearing about everyone's reasons why they couldn't do this and that and why they're not reaching their health goals. So I really thought, you know what, instead of doing one-on-ones, I'm going to do workshops. So I did bigger workshops. Mm-hmm. And then I did more presentations and then that kind of led me into teaching. Okay. So that was the pathway. I was like, I want to talk to thousands of people about nutrition and healthy eating and I'm not going to do that sitting in a room with one person. Yeah. That's why I changed. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. And so how did you go about finding the job that you did at FIA Fit Nation and did you start as the head of training and nutrition or did you sort of work into that role? Well, I started, so when I was in New Zealand, I actually got really sick and in the health and fitness industry, particularly in fitness, there's a lot of disordered eating going on and because you have to look a certain way and, you know, I was at the front of a class doing a lot of group X training. I was teaching pump and Zumba and like, they'll be old school now, but (laughs) in the day they were the, they were the popular thing. Um, and yeah so basically not eating properly and then towards the end there got really bad I was like in the middle of the night rating my flatmates just right or some rubbish cereal there and like just eating wrong stuff which I knew and I felt like such a hypocrite I'm like I'm a nutritionist here I'm eating this junk food feeling disgusting and then Mm -hmm. I'm going to the next day to talk to people about nutrition so I I made the decision to come back home to Australia and that flicked everything so I had you know my family there had support and then I just went hard to get a job so I went to the fitness show and I talked to every all the providers there about working in fitness health and fitness mm-hmm. and I came across FI Fit Nation and actually my friend was working there so that was really good and then I started FI Fit Nation running their nutrition program so straight in and I've been there ever since. So I absolutely love it. It's uh, nearly six years now that I've been here wow. and great team. And yeah, it's, it's a great way to, to get the message out about healthy eating to a lot of people. So I teach the new nutrition coaches about nutrition and how to change behavior for the long term. Yeah. Amazing. That sounds like a really incredible role. I love it. It's, it's such a great way to be able to talk to many people at once. So I run the online programs, but I also teach in, on, in class as well, on campus. Yeah. Okay. When we're allowed to. Um, yeah. Not now, obviously, <laughs> not now. but um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no one's going anywhere in lockdown. But um, yeah, so luckily, luckily the course that I run, Nutrition Coach course and all the short courses are already online. So I've been involved in e-learning for a long time. So it hasn't been a major shift for me, actually. Um, but I do like seeing, seeing um, students face-to-face because you really yeah. get to see real-time feedback and you know, answer their questions. And I just really love it. Yeah, that's nice to have that aspect of it as well. It's good that you get the best of both worlds mm. there. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a good mix. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what goes into developing a course. So these short courses you've created and the nutrition coaching course as well. Sure. Well, it takes a lot of work. So mm-hmm. to develop a course, it's probably about two years of development work. So yeah. course development work first starts with market research. So we have to find out, does the market want this course out there? Because there's no point running a course and no one wants to do it, right? Yeah. So that's the first phase. Once we work out, yes, there is a need for this. There is a need for people who want to study nutrition coaching, may not want to do a three-year degree, um, but don't want to do like a weekend course either. They want to do something a bit more substantial. So that's where we come up with the idea of running a nutrition coach course, which is a fully online course for 12 months. And then people can pathway to a degree if they wanted to. So once we decide that that's what the course is going to be, then it's the writing of the course, the recording of videos, um, and of course, deciding what's going to go in it. So that's a lot of industry consultation. So we have meetings with all the different gyms, for example, if we're, if we're writing a fitness course or we bring in nutrition experts, if we're writing a nutrition coach course and we say, okay, what do you see that's needed in practice? What do you see that coaches are lacking skills in? And we put it in. So that's when we come up with a, a course that is fully ready to help graduates be really successful when they get out into the workplace. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. It's great to see how much detail does go into it because you know that you're getting the best education possible from it. Yes, definitely. And it's really exciting to be involved in course development because you are at the the front edge of all the nutrition research. So you have to make sure that everything in that course is up to date and relevant. So it's a continual process. It's not like We just write the course and then tick it off, see you later. It's always evolving. So course writing, is it's never really finished. Mm -hmm. It's it's always something that you keep going back to. The government might release some new guidelines or there might be some new research coming out about different foods or different diets and things like this. They have to go in the course because we need to make sure that the students have got the most up-to-date evidence-based nutrition information so that when they go out, they're ready. Yeah. Yeah, wow. So the course that I, yeah, it's it's so exciting. And the course that I'm writing now is I'm really lucky because I've got the autonomy in this role, mm-hmm. which is very, very fortunate. And I'm lucky to work with a great team. So I can make sure that I put in information that I know students need. So when when students ask me questions about something, I'm like, okay, that's interesting for them. That's going to go in the course for future students as well. So I know that what we've got in there is actually relevant. Yeah, amazing. It's actually so good that you are doing that in person just for that purpose alone, isn't it? Yeah, that's right, actually. And there's a lot of more interest in the time that I've been teaching in the environmental impact of food choice. And that's Mm -hmm. probably my most favourite topic in the world because I'm bringing the environmental issues and the nutrition together. Yeah. So that we've got a whole unit on food in the environment there. So I think that's something that, you know, topical questions that people are asking the Australian population wants to know about is in the course you know gut microbiome nutritional genomics so we're looking at you know how genes affect the way um, we metabolize food for example and social media I mean social media is so important for any nutrition graduate to be across yeah so all these kinds of skills are included in the course that I write yeah Yeah, fantastic. And it's really cool the way you have been able to weave in that um, environmental science degree that you had 
in like your past career as well and really bring that into the nutrition space and it's something that's such an important topic so it's yeah it's incredible to see Mm. that you've been able to weave it in and everyone is getting the benefit of that too yeah I feel really lucky actually that I can bring Mm. those two together yeah there's not a lot of people that do have those two that those dual modalities yeah. I've found to have environmental science and nutrition science together yeah. is quite unique. Yeah, brilliant combination though. Mm. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Awesome. So do you do, you obviously write all of the content. Do you record all of the videos as well that go into these courses? I do, yes. I record videos, I write blogs, so I do a lot of the marketing as well. And recording videos is actually a skill that I've I've done a lot of presenting before. I was on Sunrise Channel 7 program doing um, an eco-reno program. So we used to go to people's houses and help them clean up their homes with their lighting and their energy-saving appliances and things like that. So, so I've cool. been, I'm used to being in front of a camera. Yeah. <laughs> but then actually having to film it myself and edit it myself, that's a whole other skill set. So yeah. <laughs> I have a new appreciation for editors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I was just going to ask, is that something you had to teach yourself, the um, video, like taking the videos and editing them as well? Yeah, definitely. A lot of trial yeah. and error, trying to work out which area I should be using but I, I talk to a lot of videographers so yeah. I get their tips on you know when you film you should be next to a window for example lighting is really important so you need to be next to a window or have a source of light um, like you might get a, a light on a tripod for example yeah. um, audio is really important so having a lapel microphone mm-hmm. rather than just talking to your phone from two meters away these kinds of things so yeah definitely these are skills that I've learnt and editing takes so long like a three minute video can take a whole day to make oh, wow it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah <laughs> well the thing is and people want to learn by video now so yeah we we cater for all learning types we've got written content we've got videos we've got podcasts so people can approach the learning material in the way that suits them best oh fantastic yeah and do you do all of those different ones as well so you'll do the podcast episodes you obviously do the videos and the written yeah definitely I do the videos and the written content with podcasts often what we'll do is we'll link out to an external podcast yeah. so someone that's been talking about a, a, a topic that is interesting for the our course then we'll link students out there as well so we also give them extra resources mm-hmm. so that they can go and find more information on different topics if they're interested yeah fantastic That's very cool. Um, So what would you say are some of the most important skills for this particular role? For my role, you definitely need to be very detailed. So Mm -hmm. can't miss anything. And luckily I am. So if something goes out without a full stop, then I'll pull it back and and do it again because it's very important as an education institution that we get everything spot on and all our references are are, um, correct because we're putting ourselves up there as the experts in nutrition and mm-hmm. students expect us to have all those kinds of things in place. So that's really important. Presenting skills. So you need to be good at presenting or at least want to learn how to present yeah. because taking these complex nutrition information, like complex, sometimes it's quite complex science mm-hmm. and distilling it into information that makes sense to students is, is a real skill. Uh, being comfortable in front of a camera, and, and also having patience and compassion for students as well, because mm. particularly with online learning, it can be really isolating for people. So 
we always make sure that we keep in regular contact with our students so they don't feel like they're doing it alone. And, and even more so now when there is a big shift to online learning, yeah. it's something that we're very aware of is making sure that students feel connected. Mm-hmm. And probably the other skill that you need in, in doing a job like mine is innovation all the time. So yeah. we need to be ahead. So a lot of partnership work. So I've been doing some partnerships um, for the last few years with The Healthy Chef. Oh, amazing. So we work with Teresa Carter. Yeah, she's amazing. So she's done some videos for us on cooking skills. Um, we work together on social media, cross-promotion, and also um, with HelloFresh as well. So doing some partnerships with them too. Anytime Fitness. So we've got good relationships with a lot of the different gyms too. So it's a lot of partnership building and that can take a long time and that's not just done in a day. You yeah. need to build that over over years of trust essentially and we're lucky that we do have a lot of trust because the organization i work for fi fit nation has years and years of experience 45 years combined experience in terms of teaching fitness and we're also associated with endeavor college of natural health who has a very good reputation in the market so i think that trust is really important yeah absolutely and is that something that you do? Do you reach out to brands to partner with or is that something, do you have a PR team at FI Fit Nation? We have a marketing team at FI Fit Nation and yep. a PR company as well. Oh, and so these, yeah, so it's really good. I work with them. Yep. Um, but these particular partnerships I mentioned, they, they were ones that I approached. So I thought oh, oh, they, they'd be good good to um, link up with us and that's the great the beauty of working for this organization is that I can go and do that so they're like if you've got a good idea go and do it go and go and um, search it out research it bring it back and then the marketing team helped me to drive that through so it's really a team effort if you've got an idea you can go and um, make it happen Oh, incredible. It's so good how you do have that full creative control and you can go after different things too and really enhance the course in ways that, in ways that you see are possible. Oh, yeah, I love it. Yeah. The dream job. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm still like here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can see why. It's a good, great thing though and it's incredible that these sorts of jobs do exist and that mm. it is something that people can find and go into. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so what would you say, if there is a such thing as a typical day, what would it be in your role? A typical day for me, I need to look after myself first. Mm-hmm. So it's always getting up early. So yeah. luckily I have a boyfriend who is super fit. He's like my personal trainer and I'm, I'm his nutritionist and he's the personal trainer, which is a good combo. So yeah. I don't let him in the kitchen <laughs> and he doesn't let me write the workout. So that kind of works out. So, yeah, perfect match. So I get up yeah, it is. Actually, you know what? I met him at the fitness show. The same time I got the, this job, I met him. Oh, how <laughs> so cute was is meant that? To be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was actually. He was working for one of our competitors. Oh, that's <laughs> even funnier. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we're still together. Oh, so cute. Yeah. So yeah, essentially, that. yeah, we'll get up super early and go smash out a workout. So mm-hmm. what we usually do is like to mix it up. So we'll go to the gym twice a week maybe go to yoga class and I use this really cool app called class pass I don't know if you've um, heard of it but yeah it's, um, have you heard of it yeah it's great isn't it so yeah because I, I don't want to join a one gym mm-hmm. I get a bit bored so class pass allows you to have a subscription and then you can go to different studios that you know are good so there's lots in my area 
there's lots in the city as well um, where our campus is. So I can go at lunchtime and do a HIIT class, for example, or a yoga class. And yeah, I love that. So that's what exercise is always done in the morning like, mm-hmm. or lunchtime. But after that, forget it. There's no way I'm doing exercise after work. Yeah. No way. That's dinner time. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then I start work pretty early as well mm-hmm. Get on top of things. And uh, a lot of course work is done in the morning. So that's where my brain's my, most active. So that's when I do a lot of the writing the researching and the mapping out how a course is going to look. I also do things like video scripting. So some of the videos I do are scripted. So I'll use a teleprompter okay. to make sure that I get all the statistics and everything right. Yeah. And that, that's another art as well to make sure that you're using the teleprompter in a way that people can't tell you're reading a script. Yeah. That so comes across more natural. So that's all about gestures and how you use your hands and your eyes. Um, things like this so that's what I'll do in the morning and my and filming I usually would do in the morning as well uh the afternoon is more for like the admin kind of things so emails and and other things like this and I also do a lot of the meetings that I'll have with students in the afternoon so that's a lot of chatting students seeing how they're going checking in do they need any help with assessments that kind of stuff so that's that's essentially it everything's very organized in my life it's yeah. it's very routine and it's everything. My meals are all planned out. So I know what I'm going to be having. Like if you ask me, what are you having on Friday night? I could be able to, t- I could tell you right now because it's on my fridge. <laughs> uh, it's all written out there. So I love it that. It just takes the stress out of it, you know? Yeah. It seems like something that you need to be quite organized for as well, particularly your job. So it just makes sense that it flows into your overall life as well. Yeah, that's a really good point. Actually, I think you do need to be organised in this job because there's a lot of stuff flying around. There's marketing going on. There's course development, there's student questions. There's, there's so, so much. So I need yeah. to be very organised. And I actually just discovered this year this amazing app called Asana. I, I just started that, using that too. It's so good. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's so good. It's incredible. I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> I was just surprised how much easier it's made my life. You know, I used to just yeah. write things down on a um excel spreadsheet and that's so old school now and and now we can work across the team and we can just tag people and yeah i really like that so yeah. I, I really like that app because it just keeps me organized so yeah it's a yeah, phenomenal it's, it's tool yeah definitely it is isn't it yeah um yeah it was the same i used to just write either like your classic to-do list on a piece of paper that i'd always lose yeah or in my notes <laughs> in my um iphone or on my mac and then i just had yeah. hundreds of notes and i could never find the one i needed so oh, no. yeah, having something like asana <laughs> is incredible because you can just like brain dump yeah. all your ideas and all your different tasks yes um and i think there's even like a project mapping tool which is probably really handy when it comes to course creation Mm, yeah it's yeah. it's really useful that whole app actually yeah definitely do you have any other organization tips for anyone else especially like students because you would deal a lot with students um so do you have any tips of how to yes. stay on top of your studies and everything else absolutely so as a student you need to be super organized because there's always distractions so if yeah. you're studying from home it's always going to be tempting to go to the fridge do the washing you know do play with the kids whatever so you need to have a routine and that's where you would want to use either an app or you can write a weekly plan on a piece of paper. I do my meal planning on a piece of paper so I can stick yep. it on the fridge. So that might work for students as well. We yep. absolutely have to lock down time to study. It can't be like, oh, I'll do 10 minutes here and then I'll do this. It's, it's like lock down a good amount of time where you can go and either watch a webinar or 
read 10 pages of a learner guide, do something very specific. And yeah. that's key for students is today I will do these five things. I will do assessments, questions, you know, one to 10. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. So you've got your little goals. So setting out your little goals, but always having that big goal on your vision board, somewhere you can see it, that you will be a nutritionist or you will be a personal trainer. Or in fact, better wording, I am a nutritionist. Yes. I am a personal trainer. So the big goal is out there so that you can keep chipping away to get there. Yeah, amazing. So when it comes to developing a course, there's obviously so much to put into that. How do you go about mapping that out and knowing what order to put them in and how to organize the modules and all of the things that come with a giant course like you would create? That's a really good question. So what I do for every course that I start writing, I start with a big mind map. So that's where I actually use pen and paper and texts. And I get there and I just dump everything on there. So I bring in feedback from students, feedback from our industry advisory groups, and I put it all on one page and then I flesh it out into units. So that's how we came up with the 12 different units for the Nutrition Coach course to make sure that we're hitting everything that people want to know about Mm -hmm. and more and that we're ahead, you know, in terms of having the future of food, uh, talking about those kinds of topics. So that's where it starts. It starts on a piece of paper. Yeah. And then it will then it will be start, started to, to map that. So we map that against elements and performance criteria. So we have to make sure that we've got all these skills that are actually um, written down so that a student can come and tick them off. They're like, I've got this, I've got that. So there could be in, in one of the 12 units, for example, there could be 30 or 40 different skills within one. So it's very, very comprehensive. Yeah. Um, but again, I, I just do what I, I tell students to do. Yeah. Put it down into little tasks and chip away at it rather than thinking, oh, my gosh, I've got to write this massive course. Yeah. Uh, where do I start? Because you never start. So it's about, yeah. okay, I've got this unit to write on the gut microbiome. Let's start there. Or I'm going to be doing a video on food labelling. Let's start there. So it's, it's little pieces that really come together to make the big picture. Yeah, amazing. And do you find, is there a better way of doing it in terms of do you write all of the content first and then film it all or do you do sort of like unit by unit or what have you found works best when it comes to that? So definitely unit by unit. So each unit will have three to four modules within it. Mm -hmm. So for example, nutrition for weight loss, we've got the science of weight loss, we've got weight loss diet, solutions for weight loss. Uh, obesity epidemic so each of those are discrete modules so I'll attack one module and get that done first so a unit will take probably about three months to create so that's Mm -hmm. that's the kind of time frame we're looking at from the very blank page to having it up on a student portal ready for for students to go into amazing it'd be so cool watching it all come to life absolutely and we've already got students who are giving us great feedback with this new course they're loving it. They're finding it really easy to navigate. The topics are really interesting. And that makes me feel amazing that we've nailed it. We've got exactly the right content yeah. that people want to know about and is really useful for them without having the extra stuff that they don't need to know. Yeah, absolutely. So important to focus on the important things. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Um, so do you have any advice to, if anyone wanted to go down a similar career path to what you're in now, do you have any advice to them? Well, it's actually an interesting career path and I think everyone's career path is 
quite unique to the, themselves actually and yeah. I never thought that I would be in this position yeah okay that's not quite true that's not quite true actually <laughs> <laughs> I looked at a vision board I wrote um probably seven years ago <laughs> I was a an ambassador for Lululemon the athletic uh, clothes company Amazing. which was awesome because I got to wear their clothes and talk about this great brand. I mean, I've been wearing their clothes for ages and I love them. Um, yeah. So it was pretty easy. But part of their program was that you did a really detailed vision board exercise. Mm-hmm. And on that vision board, I wrote, I lecture in nutrition. And that was before I got this job. So it, it definitely was on my radar. Yeah. Um, definitely. But to follow this career path, I definitely think you need to really nail your LinkedIn profile. That's where I would start. So yeah. it's all about who you know. Yeah. It's all about who you know in this industry because it's it's a growing industry. The health and fitness industry is not going away. Yeah. There's a lot of sick people in Australia, unfortunately, a lot of obese people who need the help of a nutrition coach and other health professionals. So it's a really good career to be in Um, and definitely it is about who you know so you want to make sure that you're getting yourself out there you're talking to your friends about what you're doing talking to your family because you don't know who's connected to who yeah and this is how I got this job is because my friend who I started with was working at this organization if I hadn't known her then you know who knows where I'd be now I'd be somewhere else probably enjoying that too but you know it's it is definitely about getting your name out there yeah Yeah, that's great advice. And that is something I really recommend too. Networking is so invaluable in our field. Mm. Um, And yeah, Yeah, like you said, you don't know where you'll end up and it can present some pretty incredible opportunities. That's right. Yeah. Do you have any tips around LinkedIn? Definitely. So you want to make sure that your profile is as complete as possible so that people Mm -hmm. can see your career outcomes or mm-hmm. your career trajectory and also get get proactive on LinkedIn. So not only liking people's posts, is also writing your own articles. So I've just started that this year actually. Mm-hmm. I hadn't I'd never written an article for LinkedIn before and I've I've written a couple now. Yep. And it's a really good way to show people this is what I know, this is who I am, these are my opinions. So I think writing some articles and if you've got video content as well, uploading that too. So making it as holistic as you can to really show off how fantastic you are. Yeah. And have you noticed a difference since you have started writing the articles? Well, I definitely know that I've got more people interested in what I'm writing about, definitely. And yeah. I think you get more traction. You can see actually who is looking at your, at your work. So, yeah, definitely I think the more you put out there, the better it's going to be for you in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. And something that is really useful to do is recycling that content across all social media too, because if you're writing it for LinkedIn, it can also apply yeah. to your website or Instagram and all that. Um, yeah. It can be quite overwhelming of so many different things. But yeah, I think it's interesting you say that because so many people are amazing on like Instagram or Facebook and it's, it is mm-hmm. about just adapting it for the LinkedIn space as well. So that's, yeah, it's really interesting. Definitely. Mm. Nice one. So what would you say your vision for the future is? Do you have another vision board that you're working towards or is this the vision? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I've got many vision boards. I usually usually do a vision board per year, actually. Yeah, me too. I love them. how I do it. Yeah. (laughs) Laminate them, put them in the, not not so much on the fridge because I don't like stuff around the house because we live in a tiny unit. 
Yeah. So meal planners has to go in the fridge. No, no room for vision board there. Vision board goes <laughs> in the cupboard. So every time I open it, put on my moisturizer, I'm looking at my vision board and I'm like, yep, that's what I've got to do. That's where I'm going. Love and it. in terms of my vision, <laughs> vision for everyone, the world, I really want us to make food choices that lighten our environmental impact. Yeah. And that's definitely happening now. Like we can see there's an uplift in people concerned about the impact of food on the environment. Yeah. And the number one thing that people can do is actually reduce portion size. So mm. it's not necessarily about whether you eat meat or not or whatever. It's actually if we reduced our portion size as a nation, we yep. would have a lower environmental impact. So I think that's really the one to start with because not only is it great for the environment, but it's also good for our waistlines as well. Yeah, definitely. So that's definitely my vision for, the, for Australia. Yeah, I love it. That's a good vision and such an interesting tip as well. I didn't know that about the portion size, but it makes so much sense because if we can get everyone to do that, the amount of food mm. and agriculture needed would also decrease, which would have a huge impact on climate. Yeah, huge. Yeah. Um, and how about for you? What is your vision for the future? For me, my personal goals is that I really want to expand my skills in e-learning and media skills. Yep. I want to make sure that our, co our courses are at the forefront of e-learning for students and they're getting all the interaction that they need and that our organisation keeps going to be known as the provider, the provider of choice for nutrition coaching courses. Yeah, incredible. And so I guess you're working on that right now, aren't you? You're working towards that and making great yeah, progress definitely. too. So yeah, that's really cool that's to see. Yeah. Um, I did also want to ask a little bit about the Lululemon ambassadorship. You mentioned that briefly. Mm. What is that like? And because I know a lot of nutritionists also um, do like yoga teaching and all that sort of stuff and sort of, mm. or they combine like what you have, the PT and the nutrition. So what was that experience like? How did that um, come about? And yeah, just tell us a little bit more about your experience there. Well, it's such a good combo having the fitness and nutrition because we yeah. know that you can't work off a bad diet. So yeah. if you're a PT, you need to also know about nutrition. Equally, if you're a nutritionist, it's good to, to know about fitness too. So Lululemon was on one of my vision boards, actually. I'd always wanted to, to be an ambassador. As soon as I found out they had an ambassador program, I was like, right, I want to be one of them. Yeah. So what I did is I approached Lululemon. I just said to them, this is what I do. I'm teaching yoga and I know that they're really big into yoga and community yoga and community building. Yeah. And then I had a few meetings with them and then it just went from there. And then they came to one of my yoga classes, like the whole team of Lululemon. This was in Wellington, oh, wow. the capital of New Zealand. And um, they all came to my class and they, <laughs> then they announced it in the class. It was so, <laughs> it was so funny. That would have been yeah, so great. cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it was such a great experience. So mm. I ran community yoga classes on yep. Sundays with them. And I also did nutrition workshops in the evening for their, for their customers too, to come and have a look. And we did things like how to read nutrition labels and how much sugar is in drinks and all these kinds of um, skills that are really important for everyone to know about nutrition. So that's what I did with them. And then I also got to wear their amazing clothes. So it was a win-win situation and, yeah, I had a really great time doing it. And they still do that, that program as well, yeah. the ambassador program in, in different um, studios across the world. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sounds like an incredible opportunity. And it's great that you were able to yeah, bring that nutrition side into it too and do the workshops and sort of was like, it's almost like stepping stones to get you where you were, to where you are today. 
<laughs> Absolutely. I mean, my first workshops at the gym, seriously, I was so nervous. I was shaking. I was, it was one of the most nerve wracking things is getting up in front of a group of people, yeah. you know, not, knowing that, you know, your staff and I've studied it and I, I can do it, but putting yourself as the expert in front of 30 people was so scary for me. Yeah. And now I don't, get scared at all you know in front of students all the time and it's not a problem but that first few times I was yeah. really worried oh, what if they ask me a question I don't know the answer to or you know I'm going to look silly in front of all these people but the thing is it, it doesn't matter if you don't know the answer because mm. you just go and find it later on no one knows the answer to everything exactly really. yeah <laughs> so important <laughs> it's not possible to know yeah. everything <laughs> <laughs> yeah so did you find you got more comfortable speaking in front of people with practice or did you do anything to sort of um, gain any public speaking skills well in terms of being in front of people group x is a, a real baptism of fire there because you're in front of a lot of people dancing around like an idiot yeah. um <laughs> and so in terms of being in front of people no problems in yeah. terms of talking about a topic that was you were to me as a nutrition that was the tricky part yeah because um you know talking about environmental issues i've talked you know to a group of 200 people and it was no problem because i've done that for years but yeah. in terms of um talking about nutrition that was a little bit harder yeah 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 that's fair enough so yeah as you got like more familiar with doing that and got more comfortable did that sort of just come naturally because now you obviously do that for a living yeah, it, it did come naturally, actually. And yeah. early on in my career, when I worked in environmental education, I did have some media training. It was oh, yeah. only a day, but I learned so much from that. It was all about, and, and this is before I started working on with Channel 7 doing on the Sunrise program. Yeah. So my organisation, Australian Conservation Foundation, put me through media training and it was oh, great. Yeah. I mean, he talked about everything. He said, you know what? They're not going to be looking at you. They're they're not going to be listening to you. This is what he said. He's not going to be listening to you. They'll be looking at your nails and your hair. You've got to make sure they're all clean. I was like, okay. So it was about what you look like, you know, not about what you're saying. And I was like, really? And he said to me, yeah. So I had to look at myself back on camera. So he recorded me and he said, you're saying the word um and so and well in between all your sentences. So get rid of them. Let's move on. It was really full on. But I learned a lot. I learned that you don't wear stripes on TV. Okay. Don't, wear, um, don't wear red and bold for my complexion you don't wear bright red it was more pastels I was like pastels I don't even know anything pastels so I had to go out and get some pastel things um yeah. I don't listen to that advice anymore I just like wearing black when I do my films so yeah <laughs> I it's professional yeah. <laughs> so yeah. interesting it's like a whole nother world isn't it all these tips you it just is. never would have even thought of <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, but what a valuable thing to have been put through. Yeah, that's very lucky. Yeah. Um, so can you share one mindset shift that you think is necessary for a successful career in the nutrition field? You definitely need to keep your passion alive mm -hmm. and you can do this by continually learning. Yeah. So going to workshops, conferences, attending webinars, calling mentors, you need to keep your interest going so that you never get bored. Everything's always a challenge. You're always being thrown something new, even if it's yourself throwing it at yourself, yeah. which is you know, often what I do. <laughs> De definitely you've got to keep that passion alive and keep going because then you can be the most productive and, and the most inspirational to the people that you are 
wanting to share this great information with, whether it's one person or whether it's in a workshop with many or students or thousands, if you're doing online programs, for example. Yeah. That's what you need to do. Yeah, people can really feel that passion. So that's really good advice. And what does success mean to you? For me personally, my success means that I have enough time in my life to exercise, cook good food, hang out with my boyfriend and see my friends and family. And yeah. that's, that's pretty simple, I know. No, I <laughs> and, love it. And doing, job, <laughs> <laughs> and doing a job that I know is making a difference. So yeah. I'm, not, I'm, I'm doing something that I know is working and the information is getting out there to the people that, that need it. So I live in a tiny unit, which some people might call a garage because it's that big. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, that's all I need. And I live quite close to... A beach so I can go there and and hang out and go for runs and stuff and that's it it's the simple life is what I want yeah beautiful and you're already ticking that box in terms of doing something that makes a difference so yeah it's really good to see yeah yeah and what do you attribute your success to that's a really good question actually and it's there's probably a lot of different things Mm -hmm. I think my ability to innovate be organized throw myself in the deep end, challenge myself, take challenges as they're thrown at me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, do you want to teach Pilates? Okay, yep, I'll do it. Even though I've never done Pilates in my life. You know, learning, going through that training process, learning that. So anything that a boss would throw at me, I'd be like, yep, cool, I'll learn how to do that and take it on, even though it's very, very scary first time. And then after a while, it's like, oh, that's easy now. Next, what's my next challenge? So definitely that's, that's what I'd attribute my pathway and success to those key things yeah amazing and do you have any advice for people who do want to sort of go out of their comfort zone and try new things like what um, has helped you build so much yeah good question I think you really just need to jump and have faith that everything's going to work out in the end so you don't need to be able to see the end destination you just need to be able to see that first step and then you can see the next step and then eventually you'll get there yeah incredible Love it. Um, So in nutrition, we are in the business of helping other people, but how important is it for you to help yourself first? Definitely number one thing is to look after your own health because we need to walk the talk. Yeah. So if we're going to be up there telling people about nutrition, healthy eating, portion control, we'd, we'd be hypocrites if we're not doing it ourselves. So the first thing is my health. If I'm not healthy, I can't help anyone else, can I? If I'm on the couch being sick. Um, I can't help other people so I've got to look after my health first and I am lucky that I've got that routine so that I know I do my exercise I've got my good food and then it's just done it's easy you don't have to I don't have to worry about exercise and food because it just comes naturally now it's just part of my routine don't even think about it Um, it's just like brushing your teeth it's just something you do and then the whole rest of your day can open up to creativity because you've locked down those things and some people say to me oh you're so organized and planned you know yeah I've got a meal plan on my fridge but if someone says oh let's go out for dinner I'm not going to say well no I've actually got my lasagna (laughs) booked in for tonight you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) it gives you the ability to be flexible as well if you've got that routine locked in definitely so yeah health is so important yeah. Number one. Amazing. And would you say that that healthy food and the exercise are your non-negotiables? Definitely. So yeah. I get some good organic fruit and veg delivered each week. Yeah. And for me, that's something that's really important. 
to have. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely non-negotiable. Yep. Uh, and also non-negotiable is having a treat every day. So it might be a bit of chocolate or a bit of vodka, something that's special that mm-hmm. I can go, yeah, this is, this is great and I really appreciate this. I'm not going to have like the whole block or the whole bottle of vodka. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's about portions and it's about treating yourself because I've seen and worked with lots of clients where if you deny yourself something that you really enjoy Mm. then when you can actually have it you know this is the typical thing you see with yo-yo dieting yeah when you can have it you just go back to what it was before and even worse so I'm very conscious that every day I'll have something that that I really like it might be at the end of the day after work or it might be in the afternoon or dessert whenever it is and that that I treat myself in an honor that a balanced life is the best life to have. Yeah, all about balance. I love that. Mm, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very cool. Um, and if you could recommend one book for every listener to read, what would it be and why? Well, this won't be a surprise to you. The book is called The Organized Mind Thinking Straight in the Age of Information Overload. <laughs> <laughs> I love unreal. it. So it's such a good book. Yeah. <laughs> Because I, th- I definitely think that the one thing we have full control over is is our mind. Oh yeah. So and this book is yeah, and this book is full of practical tools like how to organize your day. So it's it's like doing the things I do like a big chunk of work, difficult work in the first ninety minutes of your work day yeah. before you even turn your emails or your social on. Yeah. And also, I really love the point in the book about. Uh, the myth of multitasking yeah you know you see some people go oh I can multitask with this and this and this and this I've got 50 million screens up I've got this program on this one you know I only have one screen and I only ever work with one computer screen yep. the only person in my whole work that does <laughs> but I'm impressive like, I'm, working... <laughs> I'm, I'm working on one thing and I, I've got to focus on that now yeah and I appreciate people need two screens for different things and that that's cool but for me personally I like to have one thing open at a time, shut all the emails down and I'm writing and I'm researching and then I'll shut that down and then I'll open the email. So it's, it's about chunking your work into pieces, not trying to do everything in an average mediocre way or yeah. all the time because then at the end of the day you're like, oh, what did I actually do? You know? So that's yeah. why I like this book. I think it's got some really good practical tips in it for people. Yeah, amazing. That sounds like a really good book. Mm, it is. Yeah. Um, I had a question on what you just mentioned about um, when you're writing and researching. Do you find mm. that if you are researching something, it's easy to sort of go down the rabbit hole of Googling and research articles and finding all these facts and sort of just getting deeper and deeper? Like, do you find you need to um, assign time to research or do you have a particular way that you find is most productive and you stay on track rather than getting sucked down that rabbit hole? That's such a good question because it's so easy to do that. You're yeah. like, oh, I read this. Oh, let me find out a little bit more about that. And then you're like, oops, an hour's gone past. Yeah. It's like, oh, so, that, that was my day gone. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So what I do is I use a program called Mendeley. Mm-hmm. You, you guys are probably familiar with that. Yeah. And I dump all the research articles in there. So, okay. and then I say, okay, I'm going to have two hours now where I'm going to look through these articles and I'm going to summarize the information to put into the course content. So otherwise it is easy to kind of keep going. And there is, you've got to just call a time when you're like, okay, stop now. <laughs> that's yeah. it. I've got enough information to go in there. I don't need to know every single study that's ever been done on this particular thing. And that's where I like to use 
um, systematic reviews like the Cochrane reviews and things like that as well to, yeah. to get an overall picture on what's happening in the scientific world on a particular issue. Yeah, brilliant. That seems like a really good way to do it. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Um, so now a question. We've mentioned vision boards a couple of times here and I'm personally a big fan of them, but um, do you have any advice around um, the importance of having a vision and knowing what you're working towards? Definitely. It's so important because if you don't know where you're going, then then you're kind of a bit lost. Mm, so yeah. you really need to have a good goal. And it doesn't matter if you don't know what you're going to do, you know, after graduation or or tomorrow even, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. But having, having some kind of idea on where you would like to go or even just a list of things you like to do personally yeah, or the yeah. skills that you have is, is good to start somewhere. It doesn't have to be a vision board. It can just be like a, a list of things. Um, yep. You know, I used to do vision boards by cutting out magazine things, but there's no magazines anymore, so you can't really yeah. do that. <laughs> <laughs> These days it's so easy with um, Google anyway. You can find anything. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, right? Yeah. yeah. So it doesn't matter if you don't know what you're going to do. I definitely didn't know that, that there was a job called group exercise coordinator. Of course, mm -hmm. there's got to be someone to coordinate the whole group exercise program and all the teachers. I didn't even think that was a job. Yeah. But I fell into that job when I was working at the gym and worked in doing that job for a number of years. And so I think, think sometimes we are limited by what we know. So yeah. if we know there's only these jobs available, then that's all we know. But if if we expand outside there and talk to more people and, and the right, the right thing will, will appear. Yeah, definitely. I yeah, completely agree. I love that. Um, so before we wrap up, do you have any parting words of advice or wisdom that you want to impart on the listeners today? Definitely. The, the last piece of advice I'd like to impress upon everyone is that we all have inside ourselves the ability to go get them. So I really want to encourage people to have faith in themselves and not rely on external gratification and likes and things like that to know that, yeah, I am worthwhile and I've got something fantastic to offer the world and go and do it. Yeah, so powerful, so true. So where can the listeners find you and follow along on your journey and learn more about these incredible courses that you are developing? So listeners can find me at my work, which is fiafitnation.com.au. Mm -hmm. And we're also on Instagram as well at fiafitnation. Mm -hmm. And you can follow my, me personally. Uh, my business is fitandfedau on Instagram. Yeah. And my website is uh, fitandfed.com.au. And I'm also in LinkedIn, of course, as well. Yeah. So <laughs> Walking your talk. A few different ways. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. And I'll pop links to that in the show notes and in all of the social posts I share as well for anyone listening and who would like to go follow along. So thank you so much for joining me today. Awesome. This has been such a brilliant chat and I know there's been so much good advice in here that everyone can benefit from. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. My pleasure. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. I feel like I gained so much valuable insight and advice from it and I hope you agree. If you did enjoy this episode, please leave me a review and tell me what you think. I would love to hear your feedback. Do you know anyone else that this episode can benefit? I would be so grateful if you share it with them. That way they too can benefit from all of the insight that we covered today. Your support means so much to me and together we can help even more people build a career and a life that they love. Thank you for being here. 
Until next time, keep making your dreams a reality. Mm-hmm.